Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church podcast. Check out our website at newstantonchurch.com where you can find out how to join our live stream at 901 on Sunday mornings. Now let's prepare our hearts for the word that we're about to receive. Hey Amen. I don't know how anybody can look at the beauty of this world and not see the hand of our creator. Psalm 19 is true. The skies proclaim the workers of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Steve. It's good to be back in the pulpit. Uh, I love encouraging you to walk into the call of God on your life. Uh, If you wouldn't mind filling out the Connect card, uh, you can drop that in the offering basket by the door after the service. Uh, If you would like to attend a meet and greet, just go ahead and check that box. We try to get the, the staff together with some new folks once a month. Uh, as you can imagine on site, that's been hit or miss a little bit, but we can social distance in that space. So if you'd like to attend a meet and greet, we'd love to host you and introduce you to the rest of the staff. Uh, just a reminder, under your seats are Bibles and those are there uh, because we believe everyone should have a copy of God's word. So if you don't have one, take one home. That's our gift to you. All right, so last week, Pastor Bobby preached, and he shared that God called him to be a pastor at a very young age, and that brought back a lot of memories for me. I remember the day that a dear saint from my home church came up to me and said, I believe God is calling you to be a preacher. I was 17 or 18 at the time, and honest, like, I laughed at him. And I said, well, God better tell me (laughs) instead of you if he wants me to be a preacher because I'm going to be a police officer. Well, the rest is history, and here I stand. Uh, Charlie Bergstrom was one of the first people I called uh, after I received a call into ministry, and guess what? He wasn't surprised at all. (laughs) But preachers are not the only ones called by God. As a follower of Jesus, you have been chosen. You have been set apart, gifted, and empowered for ministry. And you have a very special purpose in the plans of God. You, dear saint, are also called. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 4, 1, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. That's huge. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Not not just live Sunday morning uh, like you have a calling and go to church and participate We are called to live not just in front of our families. We're to live a life worthy of the calling, like all of it. We have been set apart by God to live a life that evidences our relationship with our Savior. We are called to be a light that shines in the darkness. Like a lighthouse, like a city on a hill, we have been called to bear witness to the fact that Jesus is God's son and that he is risen from the dead and that his spirit lives with us in power. We are called to proclaim that he came to draw everyone to himself. He really does desire that all of us, everyone, knows him. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his son, right? Following Jesus is an incredibly exciting calling. It is a wonderful and amazing thing to see the Holy Spirit work in someone's life through your story and your witness. Seeing the Holy Spirit convince someone that they can be forgiven, that they can be healed, whole, and that God has a plan to bless their life. That is not a dull experience. What a privilege it is to see people grow in the knowledge and in the love of God. Seeing them start to share their relationship with Jesus, with those around them, and ignite a passion in others is so amazing. With all the craziness, social distancing, and isolation as of late, some of you are, are just worn down and feeling anxious. Some of you introverts may be doing just fine, right? Yeah, I mean, you don't like people, your life hasn't changed that much, it's all good. But for you people, people, life since March has been incredibly stressful and complicated. It has been a challenge for you to live out your calling through all this mess. Here's what I know about our relationship with God and our calling and the enemy. If the enemy can't crush your faith, he will try to discourage you. This has been a really, really rough time for many. He will try to rob you of your joy so you don't feel like proclaiming the good news of the gospel. But if we really understand our calling, it can sustain us through the ups and downs of life, even COVID-19. Because a calling isn't related to our feelings. A calling is who we are. It's an identity that flows out of being, of being one of God's own. So pray with me for a minute. So Father, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit and the truth of your word, you would speak to us deeply this morning about our calling and our place in you. Ignite, God, a spiritual passion for us to live a life worthy of the calling as your church so together, we can show people Jesus and take over the world with the love of your son. And all God's people said, amen. Many times when we talk about a specific calling, we, we think of something very specific. It's like my job or my hobby or work that doesn't seem like work. And you, you say to maybe even somebody else, you're amazing at that. Like that is your calling. And, and it's all good. And work can definitely be part of our calling from God because we're to live like a whole life worthy of the calling, even what we do. But this morning, I wanna show you three things that scripture says you are specifically called to as a child of God. So if you're taking notes, number one, God is calling everyone. I don't care who you are. God is calling everyone to accept his offer of salvation. Two verses, Romans 10, 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then 1 Timothy 2, three and four, this is good and pleases God our savior who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge 
of the truth. And this is really, really good news. Like, everyone, all people, God wants everyone to be saved. And if anyone calls on his name, it will be so. But before God ever calls you to a task, before he ever calls you to a job or a ministry, these verses say that God will always call you to himself first. No one is righteous. When Jesus spoke of who he came to call, he said, you know what? I haven't come for the righteous. I've come for the sinners. Well, we all qualify, right? So it really doesn't matter what you or anyone else has done or how far you or how far you perceive anyone else is from God. In fact, that's sort of the point. You can't save yourself. You can't be righteous enough to earn your own salvation by being a a good person because, honestly, we're not. Everyone needs a Savior. We all come to him just as we are. He calls us to salvation, and being saved changes who we are. Don't don't ever let that become less amazing than it is. When we lose sight of the fact that God called a sinner like me to this glorious salvation, that's when we start feeling justified in judging other sinners as unworthy of the same calling. That was the Pharisees' problem, right? They felt so justified in their own works. They felt so righteous in their obedience to the law that they really thought that they were better than other people. In fact, in Scripture, we get a window into that. Like, one of them actually prayed, thank you, God, that I'm not like this person who's a sinner, What really made the people of Israel special? What makes us special has nothing to do with them or their own righteousness. What what made them special was that God chose them as a people to be his own possession. In Christ, God has now called, chosen, every single one of us to be his own. He wants everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Second, God is calling everyone who accepts his offer of salvation to grow in grace and to be sanctified. Now, sanctified is like one of those fancy theological words that means God loves us exactly how we are. But God loves us enough not to leave us exactly how we are. He wants us to grow into the character of Christ. That's sanctification. God has called us to become more and more like him. And it can be a process. It doesn't always happen the day you get saved. That works itself out all through life. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5. May God himself... The God of peace sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body, mm, that takes time, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
See, God expects, God wants, God will empower you to become more and more like Christ so that you can stand before Christ on the day he comes back, sanctified, holy, righteous, not on your own strength, as a gift of his grace. It's a process. Sanctification allows us to live a life that's pleasing to God. Let me try to illustrate it this way. Have you ever seen one of those shows where somebody that has a heart, like, like it's really huge, adopts a dog that has been abused? And at first, it's sad to see how little trust that dog has in the owner who loves them immensely. It hides over in a corner, it cowers, it just doesn't trust the new owner. But through constant love, a calm spirit, usually lots of food, (laughs) and consistent behavior, trust is formed. And over time, that dog becomes a different dog. Eventually, it's running around and playing and receiving affection like a dog should in a loving environment. For me, that's kind of a picture of what sanctification is in our lives. This world beats us up. Our sin separates us from God, who loves us, but we don't trust him enough to surrender ourselves to him. But we become who God created us to be as we learn to love him and trust him enough to follow his ways. We, we don't get all stuffy and self-righteous and as we grow in grace. We become who we were meant to be in relationship to a loving God. We become different people. He calls us to be saved and he calls us to be transformed and sanctified in his presence. Third, God calls everyone to serve. Pastor Josh and Jesse are like, yes, come see me after service, sign up to fulfill your calling. Josh is over community and Jess is over kids. It's true. God gave you gifts, talents, and abilities. I don't care what you call them. God gave them to you. He has placed them in your life so that you can serve him and be a light for other people to see. We've alluded to this passage, but let me read Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. This is Jesus speaking to you. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. God formed you, created you, to be a blessing, to share his light to other people. And he loves them, and he has called you to be a light to them so that they can glorify God as well. I think it's awesome that one of the reasons God called us is to be a blessing to other people. The the way God uses your gifts and graces might be through some job, some hobby, some passion, some kind of ministry, but it's equally important to be a source of light and hope wherever you are. 
Do you, do you realize no matter where you find yourself during any given day that God has a job for you that's on a totally different plane than what we normally think of as far as serving Jesus? Oftentimes, the work that God has for you is in the relationships of where you find yourself. Because those people, no matter where you're at, who you're with, those people are loved by God. And he desires to call them to himself. And he accomplishes that as we stand as the light on the hill and testify to a God that can forgive and heal and make whole. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God and Father through him. Some of you might be thinking, well, <laughs> Pastor Steve, just, just back it up a minute because like, I'm not sure that I'm ready to show people Jesus at work or at home or wherever I'm at. Like, I don't know enough about the Bible. I mess up like a lot. Pastor Steve, you have no clue. I mess up a lot and that probably disqualifies me. Maybe, Pastor Steve, maybe when I get my act together, like I'll be a light and show somebody Jesus then. It doesn't work that way. God does not call the righteous or those who think they have their act together. It's not the way it works. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Mm. God does not call those who have their act altogether. God does not call those who feel equipped. He equips those who he called. You don't have to have it all together because he holds the whole world together. You don't have to worry about making a mess of things in God's realm because God brings order to the chaos. He can speak things into existence. Don't you think for a minute that you are going to mess up the plans of God? Who do you think you are? You, you don't have that kind of power. God holds all things together. He knows that you don't have all the answers. He's used to using the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. He can use the weak to shame the strong. He's looking for someone who will step out in obedience to the calling of God on your life and my life and trust him to do what he said he will do. And that is call all people 
to himself. God can use us in spite of ourselves if we trust him. I love to see people that get saved start down the road of that sanctification process because once we're on that path, we just naturally start to serve and share Jesus with other people. It just flows. I remember seeing a Facebook post from a lady in our congregation whose husband had just invited Jesus into his life. And the wife said something like this, like, my husband, (laughs) my husband is showing love and compassion for people I have never seen him display before in his life. She was moved to tears because he was modeling spiritual leadership in their home and the character of Jesus she had once only dreamed he would display. You see, once God calls you and you experience his grace and his salvation, once God calls you and you start to grow in grace and sanctification, you start to serve him and model his love to those around you. Life changes. You change. You begin to live a life worthy of the calling. And it's good. But let me warn you, the calling of God will cost you. It is not all a bed of roses. Look what the Lord told Ananias to tell Paul when Paul was called by God. This is Acts 9. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. The calling of God will cost you. One of the things you will realize, if you haven't already, I'm sure you have, is that not everyone will appreciate or support the changes that God is making in your life. As you step into a life that's worthy to the calling, you will face opposition. If your spouse isn't a believer, they may not be supportive. If your boss or coworkers don't follow Jesus, you may not feel the love People who knew you before you started living a life worthy of the calling may not believe that the change in you is genuine. You may find friends or even your own kids distance themselves from you. Paul faced beatings, prison sentences, and other forms of open persecution that many of us will never know, but that still exist in our world today. Following Jesus is going to cost you. You no longer live for yourself as you follow Jesus. You need to hear that once you're called, it does come with a cost. If following Jesus isn't your greatest joy and your greatest burden, you're probably not doing it right. But I promise you, it will be worth the cost. The other thing that I want to say isn't a warning, but an assurance. Those Jesus calls, Jesus sustains. He will carry you, much like the sand and the footprints. And if you don't know what the footprints in this sand story, you can look it up on Google. It's, it's older than me, so you never know. God will sustain you. 
He will carry you if need be. This was Paul's focus, and I believe he endured the cost of following Jesus because of this. Look at Philippians 3 with me. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This has been a pretty tough year already. I want to encourage you to hold on and press on, to continue to live a life worthy of the calling. You are called by God. It will cost you, but he will sustain you and lead you home. Focus on serving him and showing people Jesus out of a love that comes from knowing him. God loves you deeply. Our reward, our hope, is that these momentary trials, the pain, it will, it will pale in comparison to the glory God has for us when he comes again. Let me pray. God, I give you thanks that your love is limitless, that you call us just as we are to be made whole, to be forgiven, so that we can live a life worthy of the calling. God, I give you thanks that no matter what the cost, you sustain us in all things. And today, God, I wanna pray for your church. God, following Jesus isn't easy, but it's worth it. It's an exciting calling to see you work through us, to see lives changed, to see eternity, God, expanded because of you working in us. So God, make it through so for your church. Work through us. Help us to show people Jesus. And God, we continue to hold on that this church isn't big enough until the world knows your love. Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church Podcast. We'd love to connect with you. So visit our website at newstantonchurch.com. Follow the Get Involved tab and RSVP to our next meet and greet.